Welcome to the Cracking On With Purpose podcast, where high achievers reveal the routine and habits that help them get things done. My name is Sean Winfield, entrepreneur, coach and motivator, an ex-fitness professional, qualified coach and NLP practitioner of 20 years, and founder of Co-Startup & Go, who have worked with over 90 startups globally helping them grow. I now work with entrepreneurs to help them create the world they want. The Cracking On With Purpose podcast creates the opportunity to speak with a series of fantastic guests, all who have achieved a great deal and also learned a great deal along the way. They will be sharing some of their learning and habits that have supported them. Today's guest is Joy Adams, founder of Weekend Startup Warriors. Joy started Weekend Startup Warriors to help support budding entrepreneurs build a business around their nine to five jobs. Weekend Warriors host weekends events, out of hours accountability sessions, and tips and tricks to get you moving in the right direction on your business over social media and their website. Joy, great to have you here today, and I'm super, super excited to speak with you. Great, thank you. I'm really excited to be here as well. Firstly, what a great business idea and a great intro. So I suppose we could kick off at that point in, in terms of where did that idea come from? It's quite interesting. So I, um, I had been with at a blogger conference that was run by a great organization, but what they really focus on is, you know, everything blogging and they had some really great speakers and a really great panel. So I showed up and, you know, one of the, the very popular presenters was talking about how she built out her business. And, you know, I stepped up and I said, you know, and I asked a question, I said, well, what happens if you're trying to build a business and, you know, you're still working full time and you're, you know, you're just exhausted. And she was sort of like, well, you know, you just have to do it. If you really want it, it's just going to happen. Like it'll fall, everything will fall into place. And and I was sort of like, this feels a bit like a cop out because, you know, you're living, you know, I didn't say this out loud, but I was like, you know, you're living rent free uh, at your parents' home is your, and your mom does all of your blog photography for free as well, which is unrealistic for the vast majority of people out there, you know, particularly around, you know, COVID. And... I had a few people come up to me afterwards and they said, you know what, like, we really appreciated your question. And it, you know, it seemed a little, the res- response seemed a little bit weird. And, you know, this is something uh, for those of you who are, who are on Twitter, you know, out in the Twitter sphere, there's been a number of conversations that have been taking place around um, just overall investment in business. You know, the reality that most people can't get a friends and family round uh, of initial investment because they don't come from families that have that kind of money. You know, they don't necessarily have a a family member who can take the photos, give them free rent. You know, if you look at a lot of um, founder stories or business stories, in many cases, they did have some sort of family um, support. And I took that away and I just thought, well, you know, what what could I do? You know, and so I started doing customer interviews and I I noticed I wouldn't call it like a conundrum, but, you know, you have a lot of people who are working nine to five jobs and then you have a lot of co-working spaces that are pretty much empty on the weekends, um, you know, all over London. I thought, you know, what if we could get these groups together, you know, do things to help people build their businesses. Oftentimes people come up with great ideas, but they get exhausted. They can't find the resources. After a while, it's easier to give up. Maybe they get into a a local incubator program, but the incubator program ends. There's really nowhere to go. There's not that community. And look, for thousands of years, people have used community to help 
keep them on the straight and narrow. Um, you know, probably the biz- biggest example is is church. You know, like everyone shows up, everyone kind of you know follows a path, tries to do a little bit better. Um, you know, not that I necessarily want to compare myself to the you know the church of startups, but um, but you know, in a way, it's it's an opportunity for people to get together in person. Um, and then, like you said, we also have digital events, um, you know, where people can show up twice a month. The sessions are just thirty minutes. You know, you're partnered with other people who are doing startups around their day job. And it just gives everyone an opportunity to continue building, growing, learning, and developing, while also ensuring they do that in the context of having a, a secure job and money from a day job to invest in a in a business. And such a great spot of yours. I mean, it, it's very clear that there are a lot of people who want to grow a business, but it's one thing starting up, and it's one thing starting up and going, okay, but how do I pay the bills right now if I'm not going to have investment? And how do I do my nine to five and do this and what support is available. And I think it's a, there's a lot of support out there to tell you how to build a business. But what about that bit, that missing piece is like, how do I do it if this is my circumstances, which I think is really important. So great, great. What were some of your key takeaways from, from building the business to where you have so far? Some of the sort of key things. I think the biggest thing is that you have to be able to change tack very quickly, right? So, uh, I had, you know, lined up co-working space partners. Things were moving along. All the events for 2020 were planned. COVID hit. Uh, you know, things opened up in the UK a little bit. We planned a couple of events. Then there was the rule of six. Uh, and then that got right. canceled too. Yeah. So, you know, being able to pivot, you know, the pivot to digital, the pivot to social media, you know, finding other ways to engage your your customers, your community, and really keeping things going. I think that that's probably one of the biggest lessons. Just pivot quickly. The second thing I would say is really think about how you will manage your energy and and how you can leverage other people support. Like, you know, your organization, this is sort of at the core of what you do, right? It's about ensuring that, um, yeah. you know, the business people can focus on on their customers, their clients, and and, and getting things moving. And, um, you know, I really have have found that, like, particularly during COVID, I was sort of like, okay, you know, what am I going to do for this, this, and this? You know, I need to change things. Um, I actually work with a really great partner called Flick, um, and they mm-hmm. are uh, an organization that helps, uh, you know, pair apprentices with startups and you know, there are a lot of other programs, like you said, through the government. There's a big apprentice scheme. I know of another business owner who hired about 10 or 15 uh, apprentices through the, the government scheme that is currently taking place. So there are opportunities to get help, and that is what will help you manage your energy. So, yeah, if there are two key takeaways, I would say pivot quickly and manage your energy by working with other people, vendors, partners, mm-hmm. consultants who can help you take the next step. Fantastic. That energy is actually key. And as well as sort of having the right energy to, to approach what you need to do, it's also the kind of the thinking or the mindset behind staying focused and able to do what you need to do really well, particularly when in, in the scenario of, of context of the people that we're working with you, it's like working nine to five and also there's two different, different beasts there, so to speak. So it would be great if you could tell our listeners a little bit about how you manage to stay focused in the right mindset for what you need to do both day to day and sort of in your overall journey. Yeah. So I once read a quote. I 
I mean, it, it's probably not true, but it said the difference between millionaires and billionaires is that the millionaires write down their goals once a day and the billionaires do it twice. Uh, however, I do think there's something to be said about having a to-do list that you do kind of maybe midday or early in the morning and a to-do list that you have prepared at night. Um, I'm a big fan of just using post-it notes and having no more than three things. You know, I basically will say, okay, write, you know, a post, send this one email and, you know, host the team meeting, you know, just something that is very straightforward. The three most important things that you need to do in the next sort of 12 hours that's going to push your business forward. Uh, oftentimes, I think it's also helpful to have that list because it also helps you think about what you can delegate. Should you actually be writing that blog post? Should you be the one to actually send that email? Should it be somebody else? Should you know the consultant that you've hired be the one to, to actually do that? I would also say that just more broadly, like even outside of the the startup world, you know, what I'm doing and building, I also really try and think of systems for my personal life as well. So, you know, Saturday, that means I need to order groceries for the week. You know, I have someone who comes in to clean uh, because those couple of hours where I'm not cleaning means I can work on my business. So, you know, going back to the previous question, a lot of it is about, you know, getting help, having the goals, very clear, and, and staying focused that way. Mm, fantastic. Alongside this, it's, it's often, as you were saying, one of the things about the Saturday routine. So routines play a huge part, don't they, in yeah. terms of keeping one on track with the things that you need to achieve daily, weekly, or monthly. And they definitely help propel those who've really mastered that forward to make sure they're getting stuff done when it gets extremely busy. Tell us a bit more about some of your your daily and weekly routines that help support that for you. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, I mean, I think that the hardest part is focus, right? Because it it can Mm. be so easy, like if something comes in or, you know, there's a change to the routine and everything sort of gets thrown off. Um, I have found that oftentimes there can be sort of a routine within a routine. And I find that... I'll explain that in a second, but I find that that has helped a lot. So for example, when I do the online groceries, I don't go through and just look for everything else. I, you know, like I use Sainsbury's, so they have this little button where you can see what you ordered the previous time and toss all that same stuff into your basket. You know, so I've picked sort of a series of meals. It's like, okay, you know, that week for groceries, I bought this stuff, so it'll be roughly the same. And then I'll edit it a little bit here and there, but it's generally sort of one click editing. I've actually done all my grocery shopping at my, my, best time was eight minutes, you know, to get the groceries done, <laughs> you know, and I have the, the bags ready. So when the guy comes, I can just throw everything, you know, in, in the bags in the front door and just walk in the house. I would also say that with my, um, you know, the people who come to clean, you know, I worked it out with them so that they could also pick up dry cleaning. If I forgot something at the grocery store, they'll pick it up. And I use a Monzo card. I don't know if you're familiar with Monzo. You know, I have a Monzo card. And I give that to them and I load up maybe 50 quid on it and I can see, you know, okay, they've, they've picked up the dry cleaning because I can see it's just been paid for or, you know, they've picked up the groceries because I just saw this Sainsbury's bill hit my, you know, account on my iPhone. So a lot of times it's people will think, okay, well, I have this system, but a lot of times systems can be deepened and strengthened. Um, I would also say things like working out, you know, I, I try and work out every day. Uh, I know that if I don't do it in the morning, it's probably not going to happen. 
But, you know, once again, I've, I've gotten past the point where I don't beat myself up anymore if I can't do, you know, a hardcore hour long workout. Even if I know I can only go out for 15 minutes, I'll still do that and I'll try and make it the best 15 minutes possible. Whereas I think a lot of times people will say like, oh, you know, it's only 15 minutes, not a good use of my time, I shouldn't do this. But particularly if you're the founder, you need to stay healthy and you need to be able to conserve energy you know, to make good decisions. So there's been a lot of research on how people make decisions. You know, research has shown that judges, you know, that, that their sentencing is often harsher before lunch than after lunch. You know, so even these little, <laughs> these little I know, it's exactly. crazy. We're all a bit grumpy before lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's the key lesson of this podcast. If you are arrested, just make sure you're not in front of the judge at, you know, 11.55 on a Friday when the, the judge is hungry. Um, so, uh, you know, those are just a, a couple of things. And don't feel bad. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, I feel so bad. I don't want someone cleaning my house. I don't want someone doing this or that. But you have to think of the trade-offs. And I just remember when I when I first moved to to London, I came here with my now ex-husband and and I remember telling him, I was like, you know, we're, we're spending all this time on weekends, just like cleaning up and doing errands. And, you know, there are other things we can do when, you know, we work so hard and, you know, I found a cleaner and I remember him saying, oh, this is too much money. You know, we were young at the time. And I said, look, let's make it a point that whenever someone comes to clean or help us, you know, the, the two hours that we would have spent cleaning, you know, the two hours we would have spent going to the groceries, you know, all of those things, let's make a commitment to spend, like clearly spend that amount of time on our careers, you know, and, and, on, and on business and really focus. And when we calculated at the end of the year, you know, I think that the cleaner over the course of the year, you know, is a, a, you know, not a few, it was more than a few hundred pounds, but our salaries had gone, you know, I'd gotten a bigger bonus, I'd gotten a promotion, he had uh, also gotten a big grant. And, you know, after that, we were sort of like, okay, it makes sense. And I, I would definitely say to people, really think about it as, as a, almost like paying yourself first. You know, think of those people as your broader team, you know, not just as like service providers, like they're part of your team of team, you know, I see these people's team joy, you know, they're here to ensure that I'm actually making good decisions for my business. Makes complete sense. Absolutely. And I love the point you were making about fine tuning your routine. So you spend the minimal amount of time on it. And I think for those who, you know, and we may not be in the position to be able to have a cleaner, how about absolutely nailing how fast you can do the cleaning? <laughs> buy, buy a robot <laughs> right. vacuum, you know, buy, there's robot mops, <laughs> vacuums nowadays, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, the, the pieces are well around the routines. I was speaking to someone recently on, on a coaching call and one of the pieces that came up, he was like, well, look, I've, I've had a really tough time recently. And one of the things that has gone has been healthy eating mm. and exercise and I said well hey that can happen how about exercise and healthy eating or exercise for example becomes one of your daily habits like teeth and just eating and sleeping and part of it is a non-negotiable thing that has to stay is exercise which very much keeps helps keeps you on an even keel because we, we often just think oh these this is my routine I don't have time for that well what is a better routine for you that will help you sustain what you need to do? Yeah, and just off the, the back of that, you know, I, I would also say that even with those things, I'm a big believer in like apps, doing the research. You know, there's so many personal training apps now where you can find someone. I had a, a, a girlfriend who's she's also a business owner and she had a similar issue. And she said that she and her husband finally decided to get a personal trainer, 
you know, just to come in every once in a while, show them some tips. You know, a nutritionist came in, I think, and did like, you know, one sort of meal prep session with them just to get them thinking about things differently. So, you know, once again, the I, I agree with you, you know, having that help and accountability will really take you a lot further. So I imagine that you have just a little bit going on, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it would be great to hear a bit about some of your time management hints and tips or ways that you keep on top of your day-to-day. Yeah, I would say that I I say no to a lot of things and I've learned to say yes to a lot of things. So I don't spend as much time with friends as I used to, I will say. Um, that can be very difficult, but I think that a lot of people who have businesses will probably relate to that. Um, you know, I I had someone the other day said, hey, you want to come to an all-day picnic on a Saturday? And I said, you know, I run my business on the week. I'm, I'm the weekend startup warrior and I work with other weekend <laughs> startup warriors, you know, so, you know, we, we have stuff to do. But uh, I will say as well that usually around sort of five, four in the afternoon on a weekend, that's when I have my cutoff so that I do have a bit of time for myself in the evenings to do stuff. I'm also an early riser, which helps. Nobody wants to be awake. You know, I went running in Hyde Park this morning. It was like 6 a.m. There was hardly anybody yeah. outside, you know, and it was it was just very refreshing. Um, and, you know, just going back to the time management, you know, I've talked a little bit about, you know, my, my personal life, but I'm also a big believer in systems and tools in business. So, for example, my social media, I'm a big believer in batching. So uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the tool Hootsuite or, you know, tools like Mm -hmm. Buffer or Later for Instagram. You can schedule all of your posts. You you can schedule a year's worth of posts if you want, you know, while sitting in front of the TV and just get everything, you know, get everything ready to go automatically. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be posting regularly on social media with fresh content. But, you know, everyone needs some fillers, right? Just some, you know, maybe you read an interesting article, but you know, hey, it could be posted next week as well, right? Um, So I'm a big believer in batching work. I'm a big believer in outsourcing as much as possible. So, uh, you know, I have a, a number of people who work for me who are helping me with my site, who are helping with social media. That's really, really important. And I would also say when it comes to, to time management, aside from like saying no, you know, batching, sort of getting help, um, I think also just um, being kind to oneself and being very realistic about the limits of one's energy. You know, I was reading a, a post the other day and it was pointing out that, um, you know, Airbnb, it, it took two years before they got any traction. I think oftentimes the beginning is so hard. You know, I just remember, you know, March 2020 and they were like, hey, sorry, but all your events are canceled. I mean, that's, you know, it's just such a hard, uh, you know, hard situation. But, you know, it it also uh, meant that, you know, I just, I had to start managing my time differently for something, you know, for something different. So, um, you know, time management is, is something that we all, need. It's something that we all have to do. And I think it's probably one of the toughest things out there, particularly, um, you know, today. And I would just add that the last thing and the biggest thing, most people probably hate this idea. And a lot of my friends find it shocking, but I don't have a television. So there's no TV in the house. Really? Yeah. I've never purchased a television. (laughs) 
so yeah there you go well they said they call i've heard that i've heard it called chewing gum for the eyes which is just brilliant right yeah. <laughs> i love great that way to talk about what that is yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love to touch on the piece where you're talking about the whole working on a Saturday and that takes real resilience and focus and motivation and the whole thing around in March getting the news that all the events are cancelled that must have taken a great deal of focus and motivation in in tough times and then just honestly weekends are hard to get stuff done on whatever you have to do so I'd love to hear a bit more about how you know how do you do you get that where does your motivation come from what do you how do you keep yourself motivated and and sustain what you need to do through tough times. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the good thing is that most of my friends now know that, you know, weekends are pretty much off limits for me unless it's in, in the evenings. I think what gets me motivated is feeling like I'm helping people and, you know, getting a getting good feedback. I had an event and I got some positive feedback on Trustpilot. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I've helped someone, like something has, has gone well. You know, someone who wants to do a partnership or someone who reaches out because they want to do business with you. You know, I think there are, that there are a lot of wins in business. You know, I was at, at um, so last year I was at home for Thanksgiving. It's American holiday uh, in November. And and I got the news that I got into uh, an accelerator program, you know, and I was like, great, you know, I can continue to push. So, you know, there are always going to be wins. And I would also say that people, you know, like your friends, kids, whoever, People will be happy for you and excited. You know, the people who really care about you will, will be excited when you have those wins and they'll be there to support you when things don't happen. So I think those sorts of things are, are very motivating. I think being able to use my full potential is very motivating. And I would also say that because I've, so this, you know, I've had businesses before. Back in the States, I had a soap business. And right before my first trade show, you know, I didn't have any product. It was like a week before the show. I didn't have any product. So I called the company and they're like, yeah, we sent it. So, you know, we were calling FedEx. We we're trying to find out what happened. Anyway, the truck had caught on fire and all my product what? had burnt up. <laughs> of all you have, you could not have planned for yeah. that, right? I mean, I, <laughs> I was so shocked. And, you know, of course, I was like, look, is the driver okay? And they're like, yeah, the driver got out. But I guess that, that someone had you know, not correctly labeled what was in their package and it caught on fire and burned the whole thing down. But, you know, off the back of that, I just, you know, I went on Craigslist, which is sort of like Gumtree. I found someone who made soap and she produced all of my product the week before the show. I think what that really taught me was that things are, things are gonna, gonna go completely wrong at times, you know, 100%. And I also think that, uh, you know, one tip I would give to everyone and something I think about a lot, but just the concept of red teaming your business. So, you know, that basically means, uh, so in, in war games, I come from a military family. So in war games, you know, you have the red team and the blue team. And red teaming is essentially, you know, you bring in, it's like corporate environments, you know, they'll bring in folks who are going to poke holes in all the parts of the business. You know, or it's like a, you know, uh, commandos will, you know, they'll have the red team will come in and, you know, show weaknesses maybe in their their fighting strategies or whatever. So I think red teaming your your business is quite important. You know, I think sometimes about, you know, what happens if, if one of my social media accounts gets shut down? You know, I had a, a business acquaintance. She had 14,000, 15,000 people on her Instagram. And she was running her business. Someone... Uh, basically shut down her, had her account shut down, said that it was really their account. And she got locked out because there was a dispute and she had to start from scratch. 
you know, this is why. Yeah, so scary. Um, you know, this is why you need to have a strong email list. You know, what if someone on your email list claims that you you violated GDPR regulations? You know, so just taking time with your team to think about all of the things that could go wrong. You know, I think about this for myself. If I'm hosting an event and somebody and and someone like breaks their ankle running around, like what does that mean? Do I am I insured? You know, so I think resilience is about just picking yourself up, figuring out how else you know different way to do something quickly. Always trying to have a backup plan. You know, the Navy SEALs have a saying that two is one and one is zero. Um, you know, I don't know if you've been sailing before. You always try and have two of everything because if something goes out and you're in the middle of the ocean, like you better have a backup. Um, and then, you know, also just read to like come up with crazy scenarios. Not a lot of businesses could have imagined everything globally being shut down for, you know, almost two years. Right. So, mm. um, yeah, those are my my res- my resilience top tips. <laughs> Very, very good. Uh, I agree with in terms of the, I think, prevention Mm -hmm. uh, or Mm pre-planning is easier than curing something, right? So I think it's definitely good to to have that in mind. How do you set your future goals and and what advice do you have around doing that sort of, do you do sort of monthly, bi-yearly? What's your kind of advice around that for people listening? Yeah, so I have an annual plan. I have a three to five year plan and a 10 year plan of what okay, I'm going to we go. <laughs> yeah. Just to really keep myself focused. And I really try and push them to be somewhat unrealistic, right? So that I'm going as far as I can. You know, there's that saying, you know, just reach for the stars. Worst case, you're going to land on the moon. And it's still pretty far, right? Um, I think also taking some scary risks. I don't know if, if you're familiar with the concept of like a BHAG, you know, big, hairy, aggressive goal. Uh, you know, just I'm not. I yeah. Tell me more. That's fascinating. Yeah, just you know, having one goal that really kind of scares you. You know, something that maybe makes you a little bit uncomfortable. And I have on my phone here this saying: you know, growth is uncomfortable because you've never been here before. I would definitely say that when I think about my longer term goals, I also had to be very harsh with myself and honest with myself. Okay, you know, if I want to reach that goal, I can't do it without other people. I need to find a way to get people. I need to find a way to get training in this, that, or the other. I need to talk to a lawyer. I need to, you know, fire a couple of people, you know, which is also really scary and hard to do. But I think when you have a clear goal, the things that you need to do to actually get there come into the fore. Um, I would say that I'm someone who's very disciplined, but not very focused. And I think one of the, you know, that's a weakness I've recognized in myself. And one thing that I've mm-hmm. I've really done to to change that is to really just be very clear. In fact, I'm I'm sort of looking right, you know, over the top of the laptop here at my I have it right in front. I have the goals right in front of me. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and also, this is what my rewards are, you know. So I, I think a lot of times people also forget to reward themselves. And I had a really great, a really great talk that I went to once. It, and the person was saying that they always kept like one or two bottles of champagne in their refrigerator because they wanted to live their lives in a way that was champagne worthy. You know, they wanted to be doing things in their life that made them want to just come home and pop open a bottle and call five friends, you know, and have that that bottle. You know, so so that's something that I, I do as well. 
Um, not necessarily with champagne, I do have some Prosecco, but I really believe in not only pushing yourself in terms of your goals, but also taking time to celebrate them as well. And, you know, just, just celebrate that, that success. Because if you don't feel like you're getting sort of what you need, whether it's like good feedback from customers or whatever that might be, then I think it makes, makes everything harder. It does. Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting how we, because we're essentially then programming ourselves, you know, at that end of the day going, yeah, don't really recollect what I've done, but I know what I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so how is that going to set you up for success the next day? Yeah. So it's about being fair and, and taking the time to celebrate what you've actually achieved can only help build on that. Yeah, exactly. And I agree with that totally. The point you raised about... Uh, doing something scary that we haven't done before. I, I think it was, there was a, what was a podcast and some, uh, uh, an article and a few things out there that I've read on the fact that how about leaning into goals that are the things that you fear rather than things you automatically move towards or onwards with, but the things that you're actually avoiding mm. doing, right? So whether that's public speaking or whether that's whatever it may be, there's, there's apparently something to be said for leaning into the goals that are your barriers, your blocks, your ceiling. And I imagine a great deal of courage comes from that and a great deal of, a great deal of being able to move forward comes from that. So I, I, I see your point with the, the scary side for sure. Let's take a minute, because this is my favorite bit at the end. Absolutely love this piece, which is where we summarize your top tips and habits that people can take away with them from your journey and your learnings and apply it, see if they can apply it themselves. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll go with my top three. The first one is get help both in your business and your personal life. Um, I would say, you know, particularly for female listeners, you know, I have been told that I'm lazy for not taking care of my own home and handling things by myself. Um, and, you know, I always have to kind of take a step back and kind of remind a few people, school a few people, if you will, um, you know, that that I want to direct my energy in one direction. And I'm happy to support small business owners who can help fill in the gaps for me, both on a personal and, and business level. I would say the second thing is to, you know, really take time to think about what the vision is and then, you know, make it a little bit a little bit scary, like we said, you know, really be willing to, to push it. Um, for me, having to bring in team members into my business, that was probably the scariest thing because I thought, oh, you know, now I got to spend time managing all these people. And then, but, you know, it just made everything faster, better, smoother. Um, I would say as well that also having a really good um, board of advisors, you know, they don't need to be official or anything like that, but I have sort of a, a light board of advisors who just sort of helps me. They come back, you know, if they notice there's funding available, if they notice that there's a competition that I might want to enter or something, I get really great feedback from them. You don't need loads of people, but even three or four people who can help you find the right people are, are going to be important. And then I would say the last thing, because this is what my business is all about, my business does, is having that accountability. You know, my business is a, is about time management and accountability. And Weekend Startup Warriors helps people build businesses uh, around their nine to five jobs. You know, we host events on the weekends. We host off hours accountability sessions. And, you know, there's this really um, great saying that if you want to, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with other people. 
And for most people, they they don't want flash in the pan businesses that you know aren't going to do anything, right? Most people are looking for businesses that are you know to build something that's that's going to last and it's going to be successful. And so, uh, you know that that point about you know having accountability, you know going to events and activities that are going to push your business forward. You know, at Weekend Startup Warriors, our events are not. It's not just about having a talk. It's about going to the talk, and then the hour after that, you're going to spend actually implementing what you've learned right there. If there's a talk on video and podcasting. You're going to be doing it that day, right? So, you know, oftentimes if you if you want to get ahead, then you need to be around the right type of community as well. And there's a really good, a really great story that I read. It was a woman. She'd she'd run into someone that she'd known after a long time, and her friend had, you know, the hair had changed. She, you know, she looked really professional and you know well dressed, and her friend had always been kind of you know maybe a little bit on the sloppy side. And she said, you know, what's what's gotten into you? She's like, you know, I think this, the community around me after I moved has sort of gotten into me. You know, you kind of go with the community that that you're around, you know, and, yeah, and so the, that, that'd be my, those, those would be my sort of three things, you know, um, to, for people to take forward. Joy, it's been an absolute pleasure creating the space for you to share your learnings with our listeners. <laughs> and I selfishly look forward to continuing the conversation offline. Yeah, great. Thank, thank you, you so much, Sean. Uh, really just great to, to speak with you. And thank you so much for inviting me today. This has been the Cracking On With Purpose podcast, where I speak with high achievers and they reveal their routines and habits to get things done. Subscribe and sign up to listen to more episodes. Visit seanwinfield.com, follow on Twitter at seanwinfield and Instagram at seanwinfield. Thanks and see you next time.